Welcome into the In the Money podcast for Saturday, April 8th at Keeneland. I'm Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. Great card with uh, an all-stakes pick five, an all-stakes pick four. And uh, we take a look at the uh, late pick four on these podcasts, which we will do every day of the spring meet. And then on uh, Saturdays throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Jim, let's jump into the seventh race, or no, it's the sixth race, which starts the all-stakes pick four, ending with the Toyota Bluegrass. This begins with the grade two Appalachian on the turf at one mile for three-year-old fillies, presented by the Japan Racing Association. And I really had trouble coming up with a strong (laughs) opinion here. I don't know about you, but uh, where did you land? Yeah, this is also the first leg of the turf pick three. So we got you got a double whammy here. It's the pick four and the turf pick three. So you got to you got to try and narrow this race down, and it's extremely difficult to do. I mean, I can make a case for almost every horse in the race. If I if, when I play my own pick four, I, I may go all in here. Uh, I'm not going to give out an all ticket simply because I think there are a couple of horses that would have to really step up to to compete. I went with Pleasant Passage. I, I kind of agree with with Nick, our morning line guy, that, that this this horse, Pleasant Passage, the filly is going to be the favorite based on how well she ran in the Breeders' Cup Jubal Philly, Phillies turf last year. Uh, she ran big, you know, got beat by uh, Meditate, but ran uh, really well. Um, Cairo Consort was in the same race, but this really only got beat two and a half. I read, uh, interestingly enough, uh, rode this horse in the Breeders' Cup but switches to Cairo Consort here. Uh, Rosario rode that filly in the in the Breeders' Cup. So hard to if you were going on a narrow ticket, I would say take those two and take your chances. But there's other horses in here that that look just as good. The one thing that I would caution people that here comes the bride race out of Gulfstream. There were three or four horses that finished right together at the wire. If I had a stronger opinion on Pleasant Passage, I might just toss that race. But I don't think you can do that because I think Cairo Consort has a big shot. I think Papio for Mark Cassie, that only got beat ahead by Dante Macabre uh, that day, has a big chance. I think uh, Heavenly Sunday coming out of the sweetest chant at Gulfstream with Cairo Consort and Alphabella. All these horses have raced against each other. I think that was a quality race. The, both those races at Gulfstream, and the form holds up for Gulfstream turf horses coming here. So I'm going to use uh, all the horses coming out of that race, uh, Heavenly Sunday, Sunday coming out of the Swedish Chant, Alphabella coming out of the Florida Oaks and the Swedish Chant. So I'm going to go um, at least five deep in here and, and possibly six. The one I've got a question mark about is the Saez horse, the sixth horse, Be Your Best. She didn't run that well here last fall. But um, she was within two and three quarters of Pleasant Passage. I think I'm going to leave it at five, but uh, the six horse would be my sixth six one in here. So going to go five deep in the pick four with a very lukewarm Pleasant Passage slash Cairo Consort. Yeah, I am on the same ones. I um, like Pleasant Passage off her form last year. Talked to Shug McGahee for an interview uh, for the Keeneland social media platforms, and he said uh, she couldn't be training any better. And uh, that's kind of enough to seal it for me. Uh, also, you've got um, Cairo Consort uh, from the Pletcher Barn. You get uh, Irad, so you got plenty to like there. A uh, head short of being three for three uh, with Pletcher, ascending buyers. Um, and Mark Cassie told me it's Papilio, he believes, uh, second off a layoff. I think that one's dangerous. Uh, 
Alpha Bella uh, for Pletcher, the uh, other Pletcher, looks to be certainly very competitive on numbers. Um, Heavenly Sunday for Brad Cox. Um, you get uh, the, the horses won on this turf course, and like eight to one on the morning line. So there's just a lot of ways to go in this race with no real standout. And so I. Uh, a very lukewarm nod to the favorite Pleasant Passage for me. The seventh race is the Grade One Madison. Uh, this starts a late pick five, by the way, as well. It's seven furlongs, fillies and mares, three and up, and I think it's uh, one of two. Uh, Good night, olives, two to five on the morning line. So that is a, uh, a strong statement for the horse that won the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint here at Keeneland last fall. But I think Society's got a shot. A couple of triple-digit buyers on her record. Tons of bullet works, which is something you don't always see for Steve Asmussen horses. So she looks to be training up a storm. So I think it's one of those two. I took Goodnight Olive on top, but uh, I think society's got a, a certainly a shot in there. Mary Quite Contrary uh, has a great record, but I think this is a step up in class for her. So I think it's Goodnight Olive or Society. Uh, can you beat Goodnight Olive? Well, for the purposes of the pick four, I single Goodnight Olive. Uh, I don't like singling a two to five shot. I was surprised uh, that Nick made her two to five, but then I look back at the at the class she's uh, gone against. Uh, she's six out of seven. The only race she lost was her maiden breaker at Gulfstream, and you know she's got a win here at uh, actually two wins at Keeneland, uh, both at seven furlongs. Uh, lots of reasons to like this uh, like this mare, and you know if she shows up off the layoff, she's going to win the race. Uh, society, I think I can make a uh, case for, but she did not run nearly as well at Keeneland. Now that was in, in the distaff, and she, you know, uh, taking on Malafat and Blue Stripe and Clary Air. Um, going back to Seven Furlongs, um, the only race she's had at Seven Furlongs was at Charlestown. I don't put a lot of stock in that race. That wasn't that tough, and that that bull ring is not not even anywhere compared to Keeneland. So I'm going to single Good Night Olive. Um, I do think that the outside horse is going to get some play. You Gurry and uh, Mary quite contrary. So I think two to five might be a little short here. I think I think she might go off four to five or even money. Five-horse field, though, i got to take a stand. So good night, Olive, is as good as any. Let's move to race eight. It's the grade two Shaker Town on the turf at five and a half for three-year-olds and up. And you've got the horse that won the uh, turf sprint last year, Caravel, going up against the boys in advance of a trip to Royal Ascot for Brad Cox. And uh, she's going to be the favorite in here, but I don't know that she's a cinch. What did you think? Yeah, I thought this one was more wide open than the uh, than the Madison. This one, I, I, I went five deep here, and I think um, uh, including a 30-to-1 shot, believe it or not. Um, I think Caravelle certainly deserves to be favored. Uh, she hasn't been out since the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. What worries me more about her than anything is that she went from a 92-buyer to a 107 buyer that day. She was 42 to 1 for a Brad Cox horse. Now, how, how long has it been since you saw a Brad Cox at any level win at 42 to 1? So the betting public totally dismissed her that day. She surprised everybody. She got to the lead and Gaffleone nursed it and held on down the stretch. I, I questioned whether she just, I think it was her day. I think she got to the lead. Nobody challenged her 21 4 and 44 1. And she just got, got – it was really good that day. I, I was, it would surprise me if she duplicates a 107. And if she doesn't duplicate this, I'm, I think you've got a couple of horses that can, that can reach her. I think Artemis City Limits with Mike Maker and Arad Ortiz 
who got beat by two and a half lengths that day, but obviously didn't have quite the trip that Caravelle did. I think it would be fairly easy for Artemis City Limits to turn the tables on her. Mr. Mm, I guess, M, 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 I'm going to listen to uh, Kurt pronounce that one, but Mr. Mm, or Wayne Catalano, had a 100 buyer at Fairgrounds last time out. So uh, he's really come along and, and jumped up to possibly be competitive here for Corey Lannery. Arrest Me Red for Wesley Ward. Always got to use Arrest Me Red or Wesley Ward horses. Uh, again, ran behind Caravelle, got beat three and a quarter, but has a race over the track. Uh, Artemis City Limits beat Arrest Me Red at, uh, in the turf sprint at Kentucky Downs. So those five horses, uh, oh, and the other horse is Noble Emotion. I'm not going to let Luis Saez uh, get by with a 30-to-1 shot uh, in this race. And um, you, you can go back in this horse's uh, history and ran, ran a 93 at Saratoga uh, and a 91 at Saratoga the year before. So uh, bringing has been off since October 27th, and uh, Luis Saez, to take them out, so I'm going to throw Noble Emotion in there just in case it's crazy. Uh, so going to go five deep in here as well. But uh, Caravelle, don't think uh, I would think I would take Artemis City Limits for the win. Yeah, that's who I ended up on actually as well over Caravelle. I actually uh, had some tickets with Arte- Artemis City Limits last fall in that Breeders' Cup race when he was seventy-five to one. He got really good last fall. You get Irad Ortiz riding for Maker, good post position. Uh, some fast works at uh, the Churchill Downs training track. So I think there's a lot to like about Artemis City Limits in here. Uh, Caravelle, you know, enough said with what she has accomplished. Uh, Arrest Me Red has a bad draw is the main thing I don't like about Arrest Me Red, but I love Joel Rosario riding. He's very good in turf sprints. Uh, all three of these horses coming off a layoff, though, so that could make them vulnerable. And that's why I'm going to include a couple of others on my pick four ticket. Mr. Mm is one of them uh, for Catalano. Sometimes you, you see a horse jump up with a 100 buyer way better than anything he'd ever run before. And uh, you, you maybe discount it as an outlier. But what makes it interesting is that I think it was the second time this horse had started for Catalano. So maybe he's just found the right formula to get this horse to take his game to a higher level. And if so, that number's awfully competitive, uh, albeit against much lesser company. And then the other one I'm going to use is uh, Baker's Bay for Tom Drury, a horse that's in real good form from the synthetic races up at Turfway, uh, but has passed uh, turf sprint form. And if Drury has found a way to move this horse up and that uh, those numbers uh, hold on the turf course, then he could be a player. So there's some ifs there, but you know, to, at, with the top three, I like coming all coming off layoffs. I'm going to include a couple of others that have more good recent form uh, when I put together my pick four ticket. But Artemis City Limits on top for me. The late or the All Stakes Pick Four and All Stakes Pick Five concludes with the Grade One Toyota Bluegrass, and I like verifying a lot in there. I love to see a horse, you know, a Derby prospect come out of the box as a three-year-old with a lifetime best buyer like Verifying did with a 97. Uh, The next time out, the horse was down on the inside, drawn on the rail, sloppy track, so he had to eat a lot of slop, had trouble, and uh, just uh, did not get much racing luck that day. Uh, I interviewed uh, Brad Cox earlier this week for uh, some interviews that will show up on Keeneland social media. This horse worked 59-2 and Uh, on March 31st, and uh, Brad was just uh, really smiling and uh, 
had a lot of praise for that workout when he talked about it. So I think the horse is, is ready to bounce back strong and get closer to that 97. And if he does, I think he's a, a major player in this spot. Tap it trice. I have second in good form, but, uh, you know, looking at numbers, uh, I don't know that I, I'm projecting him to make any great move forward. So maybe what he's done will just be good enough. Uh, Ray's Kane won here last fall, comes off a nice win in the Gotham. It was a sloppy track, but maybe he's just getting good. And then uh, Blazing Sevens, I've got to use as well. Had uh, a lot of trouble at the start of the Fountain of Youth, so if you forgive that race, you get a horse trained by Chad Brown that was in really good form as a two-year-old. And so, you know, I think that one's very dangerous, but I like verifying a lot in here. How about you? Yeah, I'm trying to beat Tappa Trice here. I think um, there's a lot of things that you could take out of that Tampa Bay Derby, and, and one of the things is he finished up great, and he but he he's the horse that's got to come from behind, and he was – almost dead last at first call and made up a lot of ground and stretch and pulled away easily auto lobbed the stretch out to a mile and eight. Um, the mile and 16th was right up his alley. Obviously Louis Saez takes it back. There's a lot of reasons to like him. I don't like the one hole because he's not going to get the lead. So that maybe that doesn't matter, but I, I think he's going to take a lot of dirt uh, that he you know might not. He's got to work out a trip. So I think there's happy trice, but not a hudlock cinch in here. I like verifying. The reason I like verifying is the 97 buyer was followed up in the Rebel and Oakland Park. We talked about this in our podcast yesterday. If you look at horses that ran at Oakland Park on a sloppy track, and most of them did because they had some terrible weather this winter down there, if you don't, if they don't like that slop, you can just throw it out. And I think verifying didn't like the slop. He's going to get a fast track here on Saturday, and uh, I would pick verifying on top as well. Um, but I don't think he's a slam dunk either. I'm going to take three horses from the outside that I think all have a shot, and I think this bluegrass may be more wide open than people think it is. Um, Sun Thunder is, is my long shot pick for Kenny McPeak, and I'm going to just draw a line through that Louisiana Derby. Uh, he had lots of traffic trouble. Uh, Kings Barnes uh, you know, went wire to wire there, uh, dropped you know, a slow pace. He didn't really have any pace to close into as opposed to the Risen Star, um, when he did have a pace to close into, and he closed and only got beat by one to Angel of Empire in the Risen Star, who came back and won. So uh, I think Sun Thunder is, is much a much better value than 10-1. to 1. Uh, If you get 10-1 to 1 on him, I'm going to go to the window and bet him to win. I think he's got a big shot. Blazing Sevens, you can toss the Fountain of Youth. He had a terrible trip. Uh, just I just draw a line through that. It, it, it was so inconsistent with what he was as a two-year-old. I think he bounces back with Irad. And Ray's Kane, as you mentioned, for Colebrook coming off the Gotham. Uh, Seven-and-a-half length win in the slop at uh, Gotham at Aqueduct, but uh, obviously improving and has uh, has really come along and gradually improving for a really good trainer. So going to go five deep. I take verifying on top, but I think Sun Thunder's got a real shot. So let's uh, look at the pick four tickets. What does your structure of your ticket look like? Structure is really uniform. I feel like I built a house here. I got five by single <laughs> by five by five. So uh, my wife likes consistency and, and uniformity in the house. So I've got a uniform ticket here. I went two, three, four, five, seven with two singling goodnight olive with three, five, seven, eight, twelve with one, three, seven, eight, ten. And that is sixty two dollars and fifty cents. I ended up with a $45 ticket, and I was 
pulled so many different directions in the Appalachian that I ended up going all. It's uh, I, I ended up with like six or seven, so I'm kind of thinking of the Jim Goodman rule. If you like that many, just take all. So I'm taking all nine. I'm going to use two and three in the next leg, Goodnight Olive and Society. I want to go five deep in the Shaker Town with three, four, five, eight, twelve. So that, if I want to keep the budget reasonable, I need to take a stand, and I'm going to take it with verifying and single to make it a $45 ticket. The thing is, if I if I add one more and make it a $90 ticket, if I don't take a stand on verifying, I feel like I add, need to add maybe three or four more, and that's way too expensive. So I'm just going to take the stand with verifying and make it a $45 ticket, all with two, three, with three, four, five, eight, twelve, with three. Now, there is an all-stakes pick five that starts with the grade three Commonwealth. And, uh, Jim, if, if folks want to play a pick five ticket, any uh, input or any suggestions there? Yeah, I'm I'm going to single in this race. Uh, I really like a horse in here. It might not be the one that you think. Um, I'm going to take one classic uh, for Brett Calhoun. Uh, Nakatomi's could probably be the favorite off his three-for-three three record at Keeneland. But I really like... Brett Calhoun is a trainer. Gutierrez is riding lights out right now. He's 23% for Calhoun. And what I did is I went back and looked at five races back. The best race this horse has ever run was, guess where, Keeneland, seven furlongs, 105 buyer, one by eight and a quarter, an optional claimer last October. I think he's going to love the fact that he's back at Keeneland. I love the fact that his buyers are progressing. I like Brett Calhoun. And I am going to take Run Classic as a single in the pick five. Get her number for Rosario, and Miller has a big shot. Obviously, Nakatomi. Betting against Wesley Ward is not the smartest thing in the world, but I think I might get a little value there. And Pro Occident for uh, Eddie Keneally uh, is an interesting long shot in here uh, at 12 to 1, coming off two really good races at fairgrounds. And uh, stretching out to seven furlongs shouldn't be a problem. He's the only seven furlong race he ran, he won by seven lengths his maiden breaker which is very impressive for a first-time starter winning a seven-furlong race. So we're going to take a stand with Mr. Brett Calhoun and Run Classic. Before we started taping this, Jim and I decided we wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Commonwealth in case folks wanted to play the All-Stakes Pick 5. And he said he had a single, and I said I do too, and uh, he speculated we were not on the same horse. We are on the same horse for the same exact reasons. <laughs> the same, like I've got written down here pretty much what you just said. So, yeah, I'm on – run classic as well it's uh i i just go back to that race last fall and uh he get, gets back to those same circumstances for the first time since then and i think he's gonna be awfully tough in there there's three pick fives on the saturday card you've got the uh turf pick three the three dollar low takeout bet that starts in race six so a lot of uh, opportunities on a fantastic card Wish you luck with your handicapping. Uh, No racing on Easter Sunday, so our next edition of this In the Money podcast will come next Wednesday. Good luck with your Saturday handicapping at Keeneland.